This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened, I'm okay, other people have it worse, it doesn't matter much. And through therapy, was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd start to see the world in ways that weren't great and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash conspiracy. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. If you're looking to control the masses, experts recommend three easy steps. Step one, create a crisis. It can be anything. An economic meltdown, a food shortage, a super virus, a global war. Once the people are terrified and desperate, you move into step two, create an enemy. Blame the virus on greedy scientists or corporate America. Blame the terrorist attacks on a foreign power with weapons of mass destruction. This will cultivate panic and hate and bring us to our final step. Step three, provide the solution to the problem you created. When all hope is lost, you swoop in to save the day. The super virus can be cured. A new financial plan will save the economy. A global government will ensure world peace forever. And just like that, the public is under your control. What we just described is known as the Hegelian dialectic. First proposed by Heinrich Moritz Chalibao in 1850, many believe that this dialectical method can be used as a step-by-step procedure for enacting mass control over a population. It's a pretty common plot twist in dystopian science fiction and fantasy, from V for Vendetta to Star Wars, But conspiracy theorists believe this cloak-and-dagger operation doesn't only happen in fiction. They believe the Hegelian dialectic is the process behind a rising global regime's secret plan to destroy our world. 
Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, the podcast where we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can listen to previous episodes of Conspiracy Theories, as well as all of ParCast's other shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Many of you have asked us how you can help support the show, and if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to do that is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. This is our second and final episode on the alleged global regime known as the New World Order, or NWO. Last week, we explored the real people and groups accused of being part of the NWO. We learned about the current state of global government organizations and just how integrated we are as a world community. This week, we'll look at the conspiracy theories surrounding this alleged clandestine cabal. Assuming the NWO exists, these theories will examine three different ways the secret society could be plotting to take over the world. Conspiracy theory number one. NWO is using gradualism to slowly swallow the world piece by piece. This is the hypothesis that massive global change will be achieved by slowly shifting policy and public opinion over the course of generations. Conspiracy theory number two. The NWO plans to dominate the world through a sudden coup, ushering in a state of extreme martial law. And finally, conspiracy theory number three, New World Order uses mass surveillance to bring us into a brave new world. As you may recall, the New World Order is an alleged shadow government hell-bent on pushing our world into one unified globalist regime, a government that will exact absolute dictatorial control over humanity. Officially, this cabal does not exist, but theorists believe it is comprised of the world's most powerful elite. From financiers to oil barons, royal families to Western political leaders, even pharmaceutical companies. Allegedly, once these groups have control over our world, they will exact the genocide of five billion people to secure the Earth as a utopia for the elite. The NWO doesn't believe the Earth can support our growing population, and the only way to ensure humanity's survival is through self-regulation, or mass genocide. Resisting the NWO has become the prime directive for conspiracy theorists and activists around the globe. They believe exposing and stopping this global regime is the only way to save humanity. The NWO theory combines many of the other conspiracies we have talked about on this show into one all-encompassing master theory. It presents GMOs, the Illuminati, global warming, dozens of wars, political assassinations, and world diseases as steps in a massive plot for global domination. But how exactly will the NWO take over the world? Conspiracy theorists have a variety of answers to that question. And this brings us to our first theory. Is the NWO using gradualism to slowly take over the world? As we mentioned, gradualism is a long game in manipulation. 
According to this theory, the NWO has been slowly bringing the public around to the idea of a global government through generations of manipulation. But when did this manipulation start? To theorists, it began close to the beginning of civilization over 5,000 years ago on the desert sands of ancient Egypt. In 2600 BCE, Egypt was booming with technology, culture, and of course, mysticism. Pharaohs ruled over their people, presuming to have the power of the gods behind them. But there was also a unique order that helped many of these pharaohs maintain power, the Brotherhood of the Snake. Very little is known about this order, but Egyptian writings say there were a brotherhood of Egyptian elites that held the secrets to advanced healing and astronomy. It sounds innocent enough, but how they shared their information was key. When an eclipse or other astronomical event was scheduled to happen in the night sky, the brotherhood would tell the pharaoh about it. The pharaoh would then tell the people that the gods were going to create a miracle in the sky. This supposed miracle convinced people that their pharaoh was part divine. This marks the first recorded time in human history that a group of elites held knowledge over the masses and manipulated that knowledge for their benefit. Many conspiracy theorists believe the modern NWO is directly descended from the ancient Brotherhood of the Snake, and this was the precursor to their gradualism plan of world domination. From there, theorists believe the NWO faded into the background for centuries, existing as a quiet occultic order working through some of the most notorious secret societies in human history, like the Gnostics, taking shape in the 1st and 2nd centuries, the Knights Templar, founded in 1119, the Freemasons in 1717, and the dreaded Illuminati in 1776. To theorists, all of these secret societies have been flag-bearers for the New World Order. In their time, they have each pushed the global government movement forward while slowly working from the shadows. But the next big step in the gradualism plan didn't happen until the late 1700s, when the governments of the world started changing from monarchies to republics, diminishing the power of royal families. One of the best examples of this power shift was the American Revolution in 1775-1783. We mentioned that the Freemasons were a face for the NWO. Interestingly, dozens of the rebels in the American Revolution were known Freemasons, including George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, James Monroe, and the Marquis de Lafayette, a French nobleman who volunteered to fight for the American Revolution and became a military hero. It's possible that these leaders were agents for the New World Order, working to topple the British monarchy not for the sake of freedom and equality, but as the first step in a plan for global domination. A healthy level of skepticism is helpful in considering this alternative version of history. The American Revolution also could have been exactly what history books report, a cry for freedom and representative government. But what's interesting is that in the aftermath of the American Revolution, a series of similar uprisings took place around Europe, most notably in France. After the end of the American Revolutionary War, the Marquis de Lafayette returned to France, where in 1789 he helped found the National Assembly and draft the Declaration of the Rights of Man and of the Citizen, the first steps of the French Revolution. 
As we mentioned, Lafayette was a Freemason. Was he working as an agent for the New World Order, sowing political chaos across both sides of the Atlantic? If he was, he didn't do a stellar job. Not long after the French Revolution began, the country dissolved into infighting, violence, and bloodshed as the radical Jacobin faction rose to power. Within a couple years, Lafayette's popularity sharply declined, and in 1792, he fled the country after a warrant was issued for his arrest. Here's another strange coincidence. The minister of justice who issued the arrest warrant, George Danton, was also thought to be a Freemason. In fact, many other leaders associated with the French Revolution, including Voltaire, Mirabeau, and possibly even Napoleon Bonaparte, were Freemasons as well. This is looking more like correlation than causation. Even though a handful of leaders across the American and French revolutions happened to be Freemasons, there's no proof whatsoever that they were working as part of a shadowy world domination plot. Regardless, because of these coincidences, theorists believe the American and French revolutions were the first step in the New World Order's plan. And the logic makes sense to a certain degree. If the NWO does want a global government, abolishing monarchies would be the first step in that process. Once the monarchies were destroyed, they could be replaced with so-called republics that were easily controlled by the NWO elite. To be fair, the French Revolution did trigger a series of crumbles through the monarchies in Europe, including Denmark, Prussia, and Sweden. That said, it's just as likely that these other countries changed their form of government simply because they liked the idea of democracy. There's no proof to suggest these changes were the result of the NWO. True. But theorists believe the NWO Hegelian dialectic was just getting started. And the New World Order really kicked into gear with the World Wars. According to theorists, once the NWO had weakened the power of monarchs around the world and formed republics secretly run by the elite, it was time for these new governments to converge into one world power. But it was going to take something big to unite these countries. And nothing sparks global change like a war. So the puppet masters behind the NWO orchestrated World War I. Officially, World War I was caused by the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria and his pregnant wife, Sophie, Duchess of Hohenberg. Their murder set off a series of declarations of war across Europe and World War I began. But it all begins with that first murder. Conspiracists believe that the man behind that murder, Gavrilo Princip, was chosen by the New World Order to start the conflict. This single assassination led to the death of 17 million people. As you may recall, after World War I, President Woodrow Wilson was an enormous proponent of the first global government alliance called the League of Nations. The League lasted for 26 years, but it ultimately failed partially because the American Congress refused to join out of fear that a world government alliance would hinder their own freedom. And partially because the League was ill-prepared when faced with another major war, World War II. Conspiracy theorists believe that a second agent of death was chosen by the New World Order to start this next war, Adolf Hitler. This is actually where theorists begin to disagree a little. 
Some think that Hitler was expected to take over Europe and become the leader of the NWO's clandestine government. They believe the victory of the Allied powers in World War II has been the single greatest defeat for the New World Order. But other theorists believe World War II went exactly according to the NWO's plan. Hitler was just another pawn in the long game. His rise and fall was a necessary step in achieving their real goal, the creation of the United Nations. After 80 million lives were lost in World War II, governments around the world were willing to do anything to reestablish peace and prevent a third world war from happening. U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt was key to the formation of the United Nations on October 24, 1945, to promote international cooperation and peace. It originally consisted of the Allied powers that won World War II. But conspiracists believe this organization is an arm of the modern New World Order. FDR and the surviving Allied powers were operatives of the NWO, using the post-war hysteria as an excuse to create a world government. It seems very unlikely that the Allied forces fought and died to stop the rise of a totalitarian power, only to turn around and form their own totalitarian power. Well, theorists write this off as an elaborate diversion. The public would never submit to a totalitarian government outright, even if it did manage to take over by force. The best way to capture support is slowly bringing the public around to the idea. The formation of the UN sparked a slew of other global organizations that we talked about last week, including the World Bank, the Trilateral Commission, and the Bilderberg Group. One step at a time, the popularity of global organizations is growing. During the years of the Cold War, the world was still divided into essentially two teams under NATO and the Warsaw Pact. But after the Cold War ended, Russia finally joined the UN in 1991. The two major competing superpowers, the U.S. and Russia, had finally converged under one organization. If you believe in the NWO, we are now closer than ever before to one global government. These are interesting connections. They even show that the world is moving toward globalization. But do they prove a global regime is spreading across the globe? Couldn't our increase in interconnectivity also be the result of growing technology and political changes? Yes, it could be. Uh, But to conspiracy theorists, the convergence itself is enough to point to the fact that something else is going on. Before the French Revolution, we had a system of monarchies controlled by remote royal families. And now, all the major countries of the world are connected through the United Nations and other global organizations. I see what you're saying. But it's important to remember that the UN doesn't actually control its member governments. The UN General Assembly is actually just a forum for discussion. Their official purpose is to, quote, discuss, debate, and make recommendations on subjects pertaining to international peace and security, including development, disarmament, human rights, international law, and the peaceful arbitration of disputes between nations, end quote. To be fair, none of that sounds totalitarian. I give this theory a three out of ten. I admit that the world is moving toward world governance, but the organizations behind those movements are pushing for peace. From the Bilderberg Group to the UN, we're looking for global solutions, not global conflicts. Collaboration between governments doesn't necessarily mean the rise of an elite superpower. 
The lack of proof regarding the NWO's role in world history is also highly suspect. If one organization was working behind the scenes since the dawn of civilization, there should be some sort of concrete evidence left behind. Which is why conspiracy theorists have a second solution. Gradualism is all about a slow progression to world government. But what if the NWO took over the world suddenly through violence? What if the NWO is preparing to destroy the world in a few weeks or even a few days? We'll look at our second theory after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least, not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of bug it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. And with over 95 years of experience, it's no wonder they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Our second theory surrounding New World Order control is by far the most terrifying. Theory number two... The NWO will dominate the world through a sudden coup, ushering in a state of martial law. A martial law refers to the suspension of regular law and order, with the military instead taking control of government functions. According to this prediction, our individual freedoms will be taken in a dramatic military attack set up by a secret team of operatives using black helicopters. Well, the imagery is quite specific. It's unclear exactly where this vision of black helicopters came from, but most experts agree it came from a fictional novel by Hal Lindsey called The Late Great Planet Earth, in which black helicopters do the darkest deeds of an evil government. Conspiracy theorists believe a coup will strike the heart of all major nations at once, brought on by the United Nations military force known as the Peacekeepers. It's important to note that the peacekeepers are not technically controlled by the UN. They are instead a group of soldiers from member countries of the UN who come together to offer support in UN-sanctioned missions. And they are ostensibly a peaceful force, as their name would suggest. Uh, but as you may recall, they are allowed to use, quote, minimum force in self-defense or if armed persons are trying to stop them from carrying out their authorized tasks, end quote. But self-defense and authorized tasks can be highly subjective when we're talking about global politics. 
What can be considered self-defense to one country could be considered terrorism to another. True. Many critics of the peacekeepers see them more as a bully that enforces globalist thinking rather than an ally to growing countries. The peacekeepers do have a tendency to remain in a territory once they have invaded it. A perfect example of this was the UN's treatment of the Middle East in 2004. The UN peacekeeping force invaded Iraq alongside America to respond to the war on terror, but as of 2018, they are still in the region, now stationed in Iraq, Iran, and Syria. Officially, this is because of the Syrian civil war. But they have been there for 17 years now, and it doesn't seem like they will be leaving anytime soon. This is why conspiracists believe the UN's peacekeeping force is actually the start to a global army that will eventually enforce a global dictatorship under martial law. Although this sounds like an extreme scenario, there is a shred of truth behind the fear of martial law. Back in 1968, the United States developed a top-secret operation called Department of Defense Civil Disturbance Plan 55-2, codename Operation Garden Plot. This plan was first created to combat the civil rights movements and protests in America during the Vietnam War. This operation gave the federal government the right to send militarized troops to assist local law enforcement in the event of a massive protest or uprising. Essentially, the U.S. government could deploy troops to fight its own citizens. But it gets even more frightening. While this plan was in effect, members of the U.S. National Guard were specially trained to fight against the public. They even studied counter-civilian movements, a strategy to anticipate how civilians will respond in a crisis. The only reason we know about this highly classified operation was because it was actually used against the public. On April 29, 1992, a string of riots erupted in the streets of Los Angeles after a black taxi driver named Rodney King was brutally beaten by police officers. The whole incident which can still be seen on YouTube today, shows around a dozen police officers taking turns beating King as he lays helplessly on the ground. It's an extreme example of police brutality. But what really upset the public was that every police officer present at the beating was acquitted. None of them received any punishment whatsoever. As you can imagine, the injustice was too much for the citizens of Los Angeles to bear, and violent rioting began in south-central L.A. Through widespread assault, arson, looting, and murder, the riots amassed over $1 billion in property damage in just six days. A couple days into the riots, the local police were overwhelmed, and they called for help. This is when President George H.W. Bush unleashed Operation Garden Plot. The National Guard, 7th Infantry, and 1st Marine Division were deployed in L.A. to fight the protesters with military weapons. They used tear gas, riot shields, and live ammunition on the rioters. A curfew was established, and military patrols began throughout the city. Over the course of the riots, 12,000 people were arrested, 63 people were killed and 2,383 people were injured, but peace was eventually restored. This operation was a frightening execution of military power and governmental control. It also showed the world that, if necessary, a martial state could be brought down within a matter of days. 
If the New World Order was planning to attack by martial law, they could use a program like this to gain control in a few days, too. Believe it or not, this isn't even the only program designed by the U.S. government to fight against their own citizens. A second highly classified operation was developed in the 70s called the Readiness Exercise 1984, or Rex-84. If this exercise were put into effect, the U.S. military could detain large numbers of U.S. citizens in the event of civil unrest or a national emergency. What that means, basically, is that if Americans tried to resist the government, Rex 84 gave them the rights and firepower necessary to put an end to the uprisings. The only reason we know about this secret operation is because of a 1987 hearing on the Iran-Contra affair. It was primarily an investigation into President Reagan's involvement with Iran in the 80s. But during the course of the hearing, many other shady military dealings came to light, including Rex 84. When Senator Daniel Inouye was asked about the existence of Rex 84 and other secret militant contingency plans at the hearing, he said, quote, I believe that question touches upon a highly sensitive and classified area, so may I request that you not touch upon that, end quote. After this alarmingly evasive response, the entire Rex 84 document was revealed to the public later that same year. The document confirmed that the U.S. did have the power to round up Americans in masses in the event of extreme circumstances. If we didn't know about this order, what other operations don't we know about? It's a concerning thought. I agree. But Rex 84 isn't the only government program that's come under attack. The most commonly suspected culprit for a New World Order coup is the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. First established in 1978, FEMA is a division of the Department of Homeland Security responsible for responding to national emergencies. FEMA is essentially an emergency response team that's entrusted with being the first boots on the ground in the event of a natural disaster or a terrorist or military attack. But conspiracy theorists see far darker intentions behind this agency. They believe this response team will be the first to take the public away once the NWO's international coup begins. FEMA will move the masses into concentration death camps to prepare for the NWO's mass genocide. The truth is, FEMA isn't perfect. They've struggled in the past to provide relief for victims of natural disasters across the globe. Hurricanes, fires, and terrorist attacks are complicated problems, and it takes time and resources to respond to them. Understandably, victims of these tragedies turn their hate and suspicion toward FEMA when they see the government responding slowly to their pleas for help. But we have no reason to believe that FEMA's sometimes slow response time is part of a shadowy conspiracy to slaughter the masses. In all likelihood, it's just a problem of lack of resources. So far, we have only been looking at major operations inside the United States. But there are plenty examples of martial law around the globe. Throughout the 90s, Egypt forced its citizens into a state of martial law to stop civil protests. These protests have ranged from land disputes to international politics. But time and time again, Egyptian citizens have been silenced by force. 
During these periods, the latest being April 2017, the Egyptian government has been given the power under martial law to monitor private conversations, throw citizens in jail, and accuse those citizens in military courts. Thailand has also recently experienced extreme martial law. During the Thai general elections in 2014, voters were prevented from going to the polls by the Thai government. Protesters took to the streets, and martial law was called down to stop the protests. The Taiwanese military jailed critics of the election results and censored dissent in the media for 10 months. And the state hasn't changed much since then. As of 2018, their government still remains in dictator law under Prime Minister Prayut Chanucha. These are just a few examples. Most modern countries have experienced some level of government martial law. It can be an invaluable tool in a time of crisis, but the same policy can also be used as a weapon against the people. Conspiracy theorists believe the New World Order could be planning to infiltrate the militaries of different countries and use martial law to take over various world governments. Or conversely, the NWO could have already infiltrated these governments and they plan to use martial law to silence anyone who protests their global regime once their rise comes. It's a compelling idea, and it's definitely been proven that governments across the world, including in the U.S., have the power to squash civilian rebellions under martial law. But overall, I give this theory a 4 out of 10. The reason this theory scores so low is because of the scope of the military power needed for a global coup. Retaking Los Angeles during the 1992 riots required over 9,800 troops across three different branches of the U.S. military. If the New World Order sent 9,800 troops to every major city in the world, they would literally need billions and billions of troops. But remember, this theory is based on the assumption that the NWO can gain full control of entire governments and military forces. There are currently 2 million active and reserve personnel in the U.S. military alone. If those soldiers were all controlled by the NWO, well, just think about what they could do. But look how many ifs are in this theory. If the NWO exists, and if they have a hidden army, and if that army is able to capture the capitals of every major country in the world, and if those countries' militaries agree to follow this new regime and not fight back, then the NWO might have control over our world through martial law. So it is theoretically possible. Theoretically, but still highly unlikely. Frankly, our world is huge and enacting a coup of this nature would be unthinkably difficult. As frightening as this theory is, our last theory is actually more probable. It takes the horrors of totalitarian martial law and places them right into our own pockets. We'll explore our final theory right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now back to the story. 
We've considered the possibility that global governments and militaries are planning to institute a totalitarian new world order. But what if the most dangerous tool of the NWO doesn't lie in the United Nations or covert military operations, but right in our pockets? In the past few decades, new technological advancements have been a leading force in our culture and economy. On August 2nd, 2018, Apple became the world's first trillion-dollar company. And Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos is the world's richest billionaire with a net worth of $105.1 billion as of 2018. The rising influence of digital technology brings us to our third conspiracy theory. Will the New World Order use a mass surveillance system to dominate the world? According to this theory, the NWO has allegedly been collecting our personal information for the sake of enacting a cyber police state. This is a state of martial law in which the NWO will control information and surveil the masses through technology. Although this sounds like a distant high-tech future, government surveillance has already been around for a long time. A great example of this was an FBI program called the Counterintelligence Program, or COINTELPRO, developed in 1956. Through COINTELPRO, the FBI observed, infiltrated, and disrupted domestic political organizations through the 1960s. Their targets included the Communist Party USA, the anti-Vietnam War organizers, the Black Power Movement, the Black Panther Party, feminist organizations, the Puerto Rican Independence Group, the KKK, and a variety of other groups that supported the new left. Co-IntelPro used a variety of methods to interrupt these groups. They planted false media stories to hurt their reputations. They spread misinformation about meetings and events, and they set up fake movement groups that radicalized the ideals of those communities. One of the best examples of this came in a conflict between two black nationalist groups in the 60s, the Black Panthers and the U.S. organization. For all intents and purposes, these groups were on the same side, both working for civil rights. But in 1969, the FBI sent a fake letter to the U.S. organization claiming the Black Panthers were plotting to murder the head of their organization. U.S. organization believed the fabrication, and these two organizations became locked in a conflict for months, resulting in numerous deaths and a bloody gun battle on the UCLA campus. This sort of manipulation was also used against the women's rights movement. Viola Liuzzo was a female activist throughout the early 60s who called for both black rights and rights for women. On March 25, 1965, she was driving back from a protest when her car was assaulted by members of the KKK and she was murdered. One of the KKK members that murdered her was actually an FBI informant, Gary Thomas Rowe. To quiet this scandal, the FBI tried to downplay Liuzo's murder by spreading rumors about her. They said Liuzo was a member of the Communist Party, was addicted to heroin, and abandoned her children to have sex with black activists. Absolutely none of these accusations were true. It wasn't until 1983, 18 years later, that the U.S. Justice Department realized the lie. That was 18 years of successful public manipulation before anyone caught on. 
Conspiracy theorists fear these tactics aren't limited to the FBI. The New World Order could be using similar surveillance and misinformation campaigns to fool the world into submitting to a global regime. COINTELPRO was officially disbanded in 1971 after its shady operations were revealed to the public. But the FBI continues to use similar methods even today. This brings us to the most controversial surveillance program of the modern age, the National Security Agency, or NSA. Formed on November 4, 1952, the NSA is an intelligence agency within the United States Department of Defense. The NSA is in charge of collecting and processing foreign intelligence and deploying counterintelligence operations. The program began as a think tank to decipher codes in wartimes, but things have changed over the years. After the 9-11 terrorist attacks, the NSA became responsible for implementing the Terrorist Surveillance Program, an electronic surveillance system that allowed them to secretly track Al-Qaeda communications overseas. But in 2012, former NSA technologist Edward Snowden shone a light on the dark deeds of the NSA. He leaked somewhere between 50,000 and 200,000 documents, revealing that the NSA was collecting data from everyday citizens through phones, computers, and tablets without public knowledge or permission. These documents proved that the NSA has numerous global surveillance programs collecting and monitoring information around the globe. We can't help but wonder why the NSA chose to be so secretive with their collection process and what they were doing with all of our information. One of the most notable global surveillance programs the NSA was responsible for was codenamed PRISM. Under this program, the NSA could collect information from Google and Yahoo accounts. We are talking entire email conversations, device locations, sensitive passwords, even banking information. According to Snowden's documents, PRISM is the, quote, number one source of raw intelligence used for NSA analytic reports, end quote. And worst of all, it's global. Here, journalist Glenn Greenwald reveals a few of the countries that work alongside the NSA spying programs. These governments cooperate with the NSA on a case-by-case basis for specific targeting purposes in Germany and France. Norway, Sweden, and Denmark are among the countries in Europe which participate most extensively with the NSA. But it's not just Europe. Inside the NSA is a previously classified intelligence alliance called Five Eyes, or FVEY. This is a cyber treaty between Australia, Canada, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, and the United States, agreeing to work together in global surveillance. This means our information is being shared with these other countries as well. To conspiracy theorists, this is the beginning of a horrifying global surveillance program where the New World Order will use our digital information to control us once they rise to power. The panic about global surveillance isn't totally unjustified. Government agencies that we trust to protect us have been collecting and monitoring our information without our knowledge. Because of this, manipulation of this data and mass global surveillance is a very real concern. 
If the NWO is really behind organizations like the NSA, it would be easy for them to manipulate that data like the FBI did with COINTELPRO. They could target portions of the population, start riots, even begin another world war. But the question we're looking at isn't if global surveillance is possible. It's if the New World Order is using that technology for the sake of controlling the masses. To that, I'd have to give this theory a 6 out of 10. The technology for mass manipulation is there, and international surveillance organizations like Five Eyes do exist. But in the 50,000 to 200,000 documents released by Snowden, not one of them mentions a New World Order. Snowden intentionally brought as many of the NSA secrets to the public as possible. If there was any evidence that the New World Order was pulling the strings of the NSA, he surely would have revealed it. Unless the NWO was so top secret that even a high-level technologist like Snowden wasn't aware of its operations. We may not have proof of it now, but there still may be danger on the horizon. If this discussion has shown us anything, it's that the New World Order is a sprawling theory. Conspiracy theorists have searched through all of human history to find the puzzle pieces supporting this massive global regime, and they won't give up on trying to force the pieces together. Regardless of whether you agree with the theory, it is an impressive feat. I think global surveillance is a definite contender for the New World Order's global domination strategy. Technology has already allowed governments to get an intimate look into our lives and personal information, it's scary how much our online records reveal about us, and if that information fell into the wrong hands, it could be incredibly dangerous. A global coup may also be a possibility. Martial law is a powerful tool, and it has been very effective at squashing protests in the past. But at the end of the day, we are going to have to cast our vote against a plot to take over the world by the New World Order. Right now, it still seems improbable that one shadowy group could gain control over the entire world. It would take billions of operatives working in perfect harmony across millions of companies and organizations to enact that sort of takeover. And if there was an organization that large and powerful, we would surely have some concrete proof of its existence. But we can't deny the epic scope of this theory. It manages to link some of the greatest moments and mysteries of human history into one suspenseful narrative of power and struggle. I think there's a part in all of us that will continue to look for a hidden truth in our history. A part of us that loves the unexplainable and the game it promises. Perhaps that is the greatest lesson we've learned from the New World Order. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. If you want to hear more Conspiracy Theories or listen to any of ParCast's other podcasts, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast directory. And if you enjoy the show, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review. Tell us your favorite Conspiracy Theories on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. Join us next week for more conspiracy theories. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth.
Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Conspiracy Theories is written by Michael Herman and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. 